0: You're listening to the counterculture mom show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert, Tina Griffin, helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos.
1: Janet McHenry learned that God answers prayer in surprising ways when her husband was convicted of six felony animal abuse charges relating to the deaths of six calves and an old bull during a two day blizzard. Janet is a national speaker and the author of 26 books, including the best selling Prayer Walk and her newest praying personalities, Finding Your Natural Prayer Style. Through her writing and speaking, Janet helps others foster a hope filled, purposeful lifestyle through the study of God's word and prayer. I am going to love every minute of this woman and everything she has to say. Tina Griffin here, host of the Counterculture Mom Show. And the theme of the week, we're talking to people who have been wrongfully convicted. Up next, we have Janet McHenry, writer and speaker. Janet, you've got my blood boiling. I didn't even get the chance to say hi to you yet. How are you doing? (laughs) Good morning, Tina. Thank you. I'm doing great. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're laughing. But I was like, what? As I'm reading over your show notes. You and your rancher husband, Craig, live in the Sierra Valley in Northern California where you raised your four children and how many cattle over the years? Uh, hundreds, thousands, I don't know. <laughs> My gosh, I probably ate your beef, who knows? I grew up on a dairy yeah. farm in Wisconsin, so we had the milk, you had the beef. We got a partner up here. I see something uh, beautiful in the making. Um, <laughs> take us back to that insanity. There was a massive two-day blizzard what happened with your husband's wrongful conviction over that animal abuse? What happened?
2: Well, those animals, there were six calves and an old bull and they bedded down in a dry creek bed. And so then they were covered over during this two day blizzard, covered over with many, many feet of snow. And he was it was in a remote area of the ranch and so he wasn't aware what was going on. Um, but as the snow melted, a neighbor, um, a grouchy neighbor who had tried to buy a piece of land off my husband um, reported it to animal control. <laughs> so um, animal control came out. Uh, they did a couple of necropsies on the animals. They uh, turned the case over to the district attorney. And my husband was charged with seven felony animal cruelty counts. Um, went to trial. It took uh, three and a half, four years to get to trial. Uh, We thought it was just something we would have to live through because all the evidence was on our side. Those necropsies on those animals that that they performed actually showed that there was 20 pounds of feed in one animal's stomach and that there was a high level of colostrum in the other animal. So any of your (laughs) listeners, viewers would know that meant those animals were healthy. So we thought it was all good. His auction records were stellar. He'd got top dollar for his beef. But um, for some reason, it seemed as though the judge had it out for him from the get go. And he would not allow those auction records to be admitted. Um, He harassed all of the defense witnesses, including me. And the one day I was able to be at the trial was the day that I was testifying for him. And I simply wanted to explain that my husband cared for his animals. He even brought baby calves into the home. My kids would say, mom, don't go into the bathroom. I think, oh, no, there's another calf there again. Oh, um, you know, so he'd rub those animals down. And then the judge interrupted me and he said, who do you think you are, Virginia Wolf? that you go on and on like this? So that was because I was a high school English teacher. He knew that he was, you know, doing an offhand kind of insult to me. Because wow. she was a, um, you know, a writer who uh, just went on and on in her writing. Stream of consciousness kind of writer. Wow. So uh, that kind of harassment uh, for every single defense witness, including two other large animal veterinarians, But the worst thing was that he would not allow uh, the chief witness for the defense to testify. And he was a uh, professor at UC Davis Veterinary School. He was the chief expert on beef cattle west of the Rockies. He wrote the textbook portion on how to care for how to diagnose and care for your sick animals. Um, So the trial went all wrong (laughs) and he, he was convicted of six counts.
1: Unbelievable. Okay. So why do you think, I always look at what's the underlying cause, this nasty neighbor. Don't you just love these people? These people go out of their way because they have nothing better to do than try to kill and grill the people across the street that they're jealous over. That's really all this is, is that's where it started from the root of that because you wouldn't sell some of your land off. And I always like to dig deep on this. Why do you think the judge headed in for your family? Was there something more to the story that that you discovered later, or God gave you discernment on? Well, when you go into a trial, you do research. You do
2: research on on the various lists of the people who are are going to pr- potentially serve on a jury. Yes, and you do some research on the judge. And we found out that the judge was a member of PETA, um, and he was from the San Francisco Bay Area. It's just a different culture, Tina, than where we live, than uh, how ranchers live. And the problem is that, you know, when you're raising cattle, you're, when you're raising livestock, you're going to have dead stock. And it's just that there, people are so removed now from the ranching and the farming way of life that there's just not an understanding of the, the practices that go on on farms and ranches.
1: You completely nailed it. And the hassle hard work. I mean, like I said earlier, my dad uh, had a 300 acre farm that we grew up on. Farmers have a um, hard to explain bond with their animals. It's it's, it's as if they are children to the farmers. It's everything to them. My dad hardly even wanted to take off from the farm in, in case something should happen to a cow. Um, middle of the night, helping deliver calves. So there is a love for the animals. That's hard to explain, but I saw it as a kid and I know what you're talking about because you've lived it for how many years. So I I get it. So the amazing light at the end of the tunnel is that he was released from these charges. Your husband found freedom. Take us to that point in time. How did that happen? Praise God that took place. We,
2: two years later, um, the case went to appellate court. We actually handled the appeal. In the California Court of Appeals, we handled that appeal ourselves and um, 200 and some pages with 200 and some incidences of, you know, the what we went through the court record, the transcript itself and find all of the things that the judge said or, or did or that the district attorney did that wasn't appropriate. The district attorney never interviewed any of the defense witnesses, too. That was another <laughs> really that was really unreal. So, um, and the case was heard um, in at the court of appeals, and all three of the judges voted to overturn the conviction. Um, so it was um, it was a long, long haul for us over f- about five years or more to be able to, you know, get to that point. But what you know, the thing is that you when you lose your reputation in a community. It's really hard to get it back, uh, it's really hard.
1: Uh, we're going to go to commercial break. Um, we need a breather here, but the the joy is God used you through this. You have a thriving ministry today. Um, this is the theme of wrongfully convicted. So obviously you were wrongfully convicted, but how does God use you in the midst of that to be a witness to other people? That is the phenomenal side of this. We're going to be back to talk to you more about that right after this short word from our sponsors.
3: The Jace case is a pack of five antibiotics. We put these antibiotics together very purposefully. They were curated in a way that covers the most common as well as the most deadly bacterial infections that you might encounter. In addition, it includes a guidebook to the safe use of the medications that is written in a way that's accessible for most people to be able to look up what their symptoms are and what the proper medication is to take. The idea behind the Jace case is to allow everyone to be better prepared medically, to be empowered to care for themselves.
0: Since the pandemic began, our healthcare industry has had to transform from receiving medication to physician visits. Everything changed. Jace Medical is dedicated to providing proper access to medications before you need them. This protects against issues during travel or disruptions with supply chains, natural disasters, and other emergency situations that have proven to overwhelm our healthcare system. Secure your own supply of medication with ease and peace of mind.
4: Use code TINA for a discount at jacemedical.com.
3: My name is Glenn Story. I'm the founder and CEO of Patriot Mobile. And then we have four principles. First Amendment, Second Amendment, Right to Life, Military and First Responders.
1: My name's Scott. I'm with Patriot Mobile.
3: What is going on with all the woke companies in this country? It seems like everybody has completely lost their minds, right? No more, this is called voting with our dollars. We need to start prioritizing our beliefs and our values over convenience and comfort. And this is why companies like Patriot Mobile are so important right now. If you have a place to go put your money, you always wanna put it with somebody that's like mine. Of course. I think that's that's the beauty of Patriot Mobile. We're a conservative alternative.
4: My pronouns are Bible believer. Gun carrier. And Mama
0: Bear, we are the nation's only Christian conservative wireless provider.
1: Speaking of cattle, you've got to check out some of the cleanest, healthiest meat in the nation. Good Ranchers is committed to bringing you American meat that will nourish your family delivered straight to your front door. We are now hooked on Good Ranchers eating their meat several times a week. They have a lot of excellent packages to choose from right there at GoodRanchers.com. Check it out immediately and get some meat on your table for the holidays. You can choose your boxes. Ranchers Classic, Holiday Helper, Prime Pork Box, many, many options to choose from. Only 100% American farm-raised meat. USDA Prime and upper choice quality, no mRNA vaccines or antibiotics. And if you didn't see that series a couple of weeks back, you got to check it out. The elites are pumping mRNA and many of our meat sources in this country. And who knows what's being shipped in from other communist nations like China. So go to goodranchers.com, stock up and save $30 off your first box as a bonus by using the code word TINA at checkout. That's right, 30 bucks off using code TINA at checkout. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, Janet, we were talking during commercial break like normal about the fact that a lot of these people convicting you wrongfully, you and your husband, are eating meat for dinner. So, you know, just don't even get me started with all that business. Um, As they're enjoying it, they don't realize what they're putting you guys through. The part that I really want to focus on is parents and grandparents tuning into this program. We're always trying to help them navigate their children in a world that is upside down, backwards, unbiblical. Um, full of hate, envy, strife, all of that, chaos. You walked through this. It was a very hard situation, but you walked through it with God as the center focus. It might not have been easy some of those days, a lot of difficulty, but God blessed you as a result with this phenomenal ministry. So first share with us to help us know how to teach our kids. If you're going through difficulty, you can make it. Here's how. How did the situation in you and your husband's lives challenge your prayer life? challenge my prayer life
2: dramatically, you know, we all will experience some form of injustice in our life or some other kind of trial where, you know, a friend turns against you in some way or a child experiences bullying in the school. Um, you know, that life is not fair. and um, But Jesus, you know, taught us in his first of those three prayers on the cross, Luke 23, 34, we can tell our kids Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and simply put all of that into God's hands. You know, we found that actually going through those many years of working on that trial together, that it actually restored our marriage. And I experienced that on the day of the sentencing when all of. Uh, Craig's friends, we filled the courtroom with six pastors and you know, cattle people, You know the uh, California Cattlemen's Association people. I love it. And they were all there rooting for us, and it put the judge off. And then afterwards, uh, Craig's friends came around him in the parking lot. My friends came around me, and one friend said, Janet, just look at your husband, his faith, it, really. I admire his faith and his strength, and I realized right then – my gosh, God was really working in his life and he was restoring our marriage. So I I feel that in the most crazy ways God can use those difficult situations in our lives, perhaps to answer some other kind of prayer requests that we have. And we just have to kind of tune in to all the pieces going on. It was Uh, not easy. I would say it was worth it.
1: uh Ah. Man, you are something else with your words right now. I just had lunch with a dear friend of mine. She's on our nonprofit board. And I had no idea that she was going through everything that she's going through right now or the last couple of decades um, without getting into detail. And my husband and I and our family, we just have gone through the ringer for the last three to five years as well. Just crazy intense stuff. I have to do better in my prayer walk. It's like I'm when I'm walking around throughout the day doing different tasks, I am praying and talking to the Lord and, you know, he's sharing with me and, and there's discernment there and, and God's just speaking to my heart, but I have to do better with the prayer walk part of it, which is why I'm excited to talk to you more in detail about that. But my dear friend that I had lunch with said, Tina, a lot of times I go, why do you think God puts us, you know, gives us all these hard things we're struggling with that we're not even causing, but we're, we're feeling the consequences of and she said, a lot of times this happens to us. So God can work through us. And so other people going through hard times can see how we handle it. And I'm like, I got a D for the last year on this big one bomb. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. So you, the perfect time for prayer right now, because we have a lot to be thankful for. It's Christmas time. This is airing here right before Christmas or right over Christmas. And, um, People sometimes focus on themselves or gifts they can get or gifts to give other people, but not actually taking the time to thank God for what we have. And this is why you are so critical right now at this time in our nation. So your situation with you and your husband, it was challenged with the prayer walk. Your marriage became stronger as a result. Uh, What dramatic answer to prayer did you experience because of this literal trial? The restoration of our
2: marriage, um, a greater understanding of God's goodness, Hmm. Um, the ability to forgive when it's beyond our own ability. Um, I had to, as a high school English teacher and as the person who handled all the academic advisement at our school, as well as scholarships, put together the senior scholarship dinner every year. So that meant I worked one-on-one with the district attorney for the rotary scholarships in our community um you know i watched as my husband we went to a fundraiser for a local rotary event and i watched him walk up to the district attorney shake his hand put his hand on his shoulder and i thought god that's what you meant father forgive them for they know not what they do and i think that's something really important that we can teach our children so that they don't grow up bitter and angry because one thing we can tell them Um, you know, when I tell my students, they say, she makes me so angry. I'm like, well, who has the power in that situation then? Oh, well, I, you know, they, you know, uh, you know, I do. I'm like, no, you're choosing, (laughs) let's make a better choice here. Let's make the choice to forgive. And I think that's a lesson that we can, you know, teach our, our kids. Well, that they, sometimes they will, they won't get something they deserve. I tell my own children and, but sometimes they get something good. That they really didn't deserve. God will take care of all the details of that and that they can um, turn the other cheek, you know, as Jesus did, and they can take the higher road because the world is watching us. It's countercultural to forgive. Forgiveness is the key of Christianity, it's the key to our faith.
1: And so, if we can't demonstrate that well, then we're really not walking the walk that we should. Absolutely. I'm being a bad rep- representation here. I mean, you just said living counterculturally and I'm the counterculture mom. And I'm like, why am I setting such a massive high bar? Because every single week with you guys on, the Lord is convicting <laughs> me as I'm hearing you share what you just shared on different things, you know, bringing a light this, you got to work on that. Um, Any more words of advice? I love where you're going with the parenting our kids that if there's wrongdoings that have happened to them how they can turn the other cheek. Like, can you give us some insight on that? Because we don't realize that the kids that might be bullying our children, for example, that bully, if we're kind as a response, they might be, hang on a second. I'm usually pushed down to the playground. I'm usually apprehended. I get a, uh, my mom will get a call from the school. This kid said, hey, I know you pushed me down, you know, call me some names, but I want to sit next to you at at lunch. You know, you look like you're down and out. And then from that, the wounds might be opened on that kid that was the bully to have them share about what's going on in their life that they think they can hurt somebody else. They obviously have some issues going on, and that might be a way to penetrate and help the lost around us. Can you give any more insight to parents and grandparents tuning in where they're where they've even been hurt or their children, how to handle it better.
2: Absolutely. You know, as, as a mom of four kids, uh, I heard their stories and I also served as the teacher in charge. So when our principal in our very small little high school was gone, I handled all the discipline and this is what I would advise parents to do. The child needs to report that number one, it needs to be reported. But in that reporting, the, the child can ask the principal, whoever's going to do the discipline. Can we have a meeting? Can I just sit with that person? Can we have a conversation together, the three or more of us, in that situation, and just say, "I'm, well, I'm willing to let things go." You know, how have I offended you? Um, you, you know, how could we, you know, just to begin to extend kindness and forgiveness? That's not easy to do, but that is a huge step toward maturity. <laughs>
1: You just nailed it. Oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you for coming on the program today. Um, Now I want to write three books on what you just all said, but you wrote the books. We're going to talk about those books right after this short word from our sponsors.
3: We're a well-funded Christian entertainment company that's making world-class games for children. And what we're doing is unique because we're building top-notch gaming content that competes with the top of the stuff on the app store, but that contains God's truth. Whether it's games that are biblical or games that come out of a new world we've created called the Rimverse. I was looking out at the world and I got bothered by a few things. Anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are all time highs for children, which exactly parallels the rise of social media on smartphones. I noticed that for the first time in American history, less than half of Americans go to church. While over 60% of people in this country, over 40 believe in God, that for children, well, it's only 32%. As a parent, and I'm a parent, and there's a lot of parents out there that we hear this from, that want the True Play solution, there's nowhere they can take their kids to deliver them high quality entertainment, something that they're actually gonna enjoy and use, but that also contains God's truth, that contains the values that they hold dear. Head over to trueplaygames.com to learn more.
4: James 5.16 reminds us to confess our sins to one another and pray for each other so we may be healed. It's not enough to admit the church body has a hidden porn problem. Church leaders need the tools to help people find freedom. The Healing Church book by Covenant Eyes cuts through the confusion. Here's what to expect from this phenomenal read. Learn why sex isn't the real problem regarding pornography. Discern how porn undermines ministry in the local church. Understand how porn affects men and women differently and how to help them. The church has a choice. It can ignore the porn problem, or it can lead people by grace to the foot of the cross, where strongholds are crushed and strong servants arise. Get your free copy of the Healing Church book in the mail today. Scan the QR code on the screen or text the word VICTORY to the number 66866. This book is a must-read for ministry leaders, parents, and counselors. Text VICTORY to the number 66866. Together with our friends at Covenant Eyes, we can help the church conquer pornography once and for all. Janet,
1: in between taking care of your cattle and eating beef, you found the time to write two phenomenal books that we got to get our hands on this holiday season. Grab a couple copies for your friends, everybody. Throw them underneath the Christmas tree. They will love this info coming from Janet on the prayer life. We all have to have it. Your book, (laughs) Prayer Walking, has super solid advice on disciplining yourself to pray in all circumstances. Can you talk about this first phenomenal book of yours? It's called Prayer Walk. It's on Amazon. Yes. Becoming a woman of prayer, strength, and discipline. What can we find in this five star book? It's it's kind of a primer on devotional prayer
2: walking. There are other books out there that you know teach how to do event centered kind of prayer walks. Uh, this is about I'm going to pray for my community. God's put me in my community for a reason. I'm going to walk and intercede for my neighbors, for the businesses in my communities, prayer walk around the schools and pray for the teachers and the administrators and so forth. Pray for the custodians, pray for the school bus drivers, pray for the commuters heading out. <laughs> um, that's you know praying on site with insight as the author, Steve Hawthorne would say. <laughs> so it's uh, that's what it's about. And I had been prayer walking for my community when that trial hit and, uh, but God still has me out on the streets of my community. I feel as though it's a calling in my life, um, a ministry f- on behalf of my community. I experienced dramatic changes in my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But I, I've also seen so many changes in my
1: community. It completely looks different than it did 25 years ago. You also have a second book, Praying Personalities, Finding Your Natural Prayer Style. Do tell more. Well, because I was such a crazy,
2: fanatical prayer walker, when I would speak to groups about it and the concept of prayer, um, I would always find that someone came up to me afterwards and said, but Janet, I can't walk. What can I do? So it was just something in my head that kind of stuck over the years. And I'm like, maybe it has something to do with our personality. So I began combing the scriptures, going all the way through the Bible, looking For the ways that people prayed, and oh my goodness, they're so different. We think about how Moses argued with God, tried to get out of his calling to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. You know, other kinds of praying people. Paul prayed on the go. You know, he was a very consistent devotional kind of prayer. And then we can look at Jesus' life. And you know he demonstrated prayer in so many ways.
1: Everybody out there, watch all four episodes this week as we dissect prayer in a way that I never thought possible. CountercultureMom.com, check it out. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the rest. Go out there, make a difference, and spread this episode to the masses. Thanks a lot. Janet, you rock. Keep at it.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences, and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counter Culture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word donate to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word donate to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled.